And so we continue the series of man, the image of God. Um, and up to now in the series, we've had a look at the will of man. We've had a look at the conscience of man. And we are in this uh, particular series of teaching, looking at the spirit of man. And in the previous teaching, we identified that uh, we are spirit beings, obviously, and that our spirits have the potential to grow and to grow strong. And that is uh, God's intention is that um, as born again believers, that we concentrate on getting our spirits to grow strong because that's where our life is. Um, this is a spiritual walk. We are born again of this, uh, the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And so everything takes place in the Spirit. Um, this Christian walk is, is, if it's done outside of the Spirit, it's not done according to the way God intended it. Um, because the only other way you can do it is in the flesh, and the flesh is certainly not pleasing to God. And so we saw that even our Lord Jesus uh, grew strong in spirit, and we saw that the Apostle Paul grew strong in spirit. Um, and we too have the ability to grow strong in spirit, even as our Lord did. Um, and it is up to us as to whether we're going to you know, get our spirits to grow strong or to neglect them and allow them to remain in babyhood stage. Because we saw that coming into the kingdom of God, we're born into the kingdom as babes in Christ. Paul was born again as a baby in Christ. Our Lord Jesus, we saw, was born into the earth as a baby in Christ, both physically and spiritually. And our Lord had to grow strong in spirit. And so if our Lord Jesus had to grow strong in spirit, we are certainly no different. And we also have to grow strong in spirit. And then we saw that we are actually the ones who determine how quickly we're going to grow strong in spirit. Because we said... Uh, we did the analogy and we showed that um, spiritual growth and natural growth are um, pretty much the same concept, but it's not exactly the same. And that natural growth is limited to the time span that God has given it. In other words, a baby will be born into the earth and only 20 years later does their physical bodies reach the maturity that it's meant to reach. Um, it doesn't happen any quicker than that. In the spirit, it's different. In the spirit, uh, we're born again as spiritual babes, but spiritual growth can take place quite quickly, or it can be stagnant. And the spirit, for the whole born-again believer's lifespan on the earth, can remain a spiritual babe. So they, they're born again as spiritual babes, and they die uh, as spiritual babes. Now, they still go to heaven. There's no, there's no change there. They're sons and daughters of God. But their whole lives, they've lived on this earth as spiritual babes. Um, and so in the spirit, there's no natural progression of growth like in the natural. In the natural, if you feed the body, it will naturally grow. Um, you know, if you don't feed the body, the body will die. In the, in, the, in the spirit, it does obviously have that same correlation as well. But I don't want to get into that side of it. But we saw that we certainly do determine the, the rate of growth. And we saw that the Apostle Paul um, took him two and a half years, maybe a bit longer than that, and certainly no more than uh, three years, because he, he was only in Damascus uh, for, well, in, uh, at the end of three years in Damascus, he moved to Jerusalem. And he was already, already spiritually strong at that stage. 
Um, and he, he spoke to the church at Corinth, and they, when he spoke to them and he admonished them, he said, you guys should be spiritually mature by now. Um, that church had been in existence for no more than four years. And so we see that uh, three to four years is really a, a maximum period of time that the Lord says, okay, now you should start being mature as believers. So Christians that come into the kingdom of God and 10, 20, 30 years later are still behaving like babies, there's something wrong. And obviously the, the thing that's wrong is that their spirits have never grown strong. They are still carnal believers, still walking in the flesh, and things of the spirit are you know, just a bit foreign to them. Even though they're born again and they love the Lord and they're going to go to heaven when they die, nevertheless, they just never display the character of Christ uh, because of the simple fact that the spirits are never uh, just don't grow. And so the scripture we looked at was that uh, Mark chapter 4 verse 24 and 25, our Lord speaking, scripture says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And so the measure is, we decide on the measure, we said. And based on the measure we decide, that's what gets measured to us. And so that, you, you can readily see straight away why it is that so many Christians never grow spiritually. is because they just, you know, spiritual things uh, to them is uh, an, an add-on. They've got life to live. Um, and there's, there's so much stuff to do in this life that I, you know, God, he, he gets just a little portion of my time on it, maybe a daily basis or a weekly basis, twice a week, whatever it might be. But it's, it's, it's like a club that they belong to. You know, that's where I go on the weekend. I go to my club, but during the week, I've got other stuff to do. And so that's basically... The, the measure that they use for the things of the kingdom. And that's what gives, that is how it is measured to them. And so they never grow and progress to the stage where God, in fact, intended them to be. And so that's where we, kind of a recap of what we went through um, in the previous teaching. Today we want to look at um, two aspects. The first one is we want to look at the fact that we do need to feed on the Word of God. Now, none of this teaching is mind-blowing rocket science stuff. This is all as basic as you can get it. You know, and Paul said it, he said, guys, I, I, I get concerned that Satan tries to deceive you to um, draw you away from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. And, and the Bible is very, very simple. The, the gospel message is very, very simple. God made it as simple as he possibly could. So much so, he said, only believe. That's as simple as you can get it. Only believe. That's all he requires of us to do is to believe. Because God does everything. Um, now, there is stuff that we have to do. We're going to go through some of those things today that we do have to do. But nevertheless, it is still God who does it all. Um, and he just requires that we are obedient and do what He tells us to do. But as I say, there's no um, major uh, revelation that is poured out. And you know, unless you have, you know, what Paul said, you know, the Greeks seek after wisdom and the Jews seek after signs. 
but uh, God has, has given us the cross. The foolishness of the cross is preached. Uh, and he says it's foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. But nevertheless, to us who believe the salvation of God. And so we must never get to a point that, you know, unless I have a doctorate in something, you know, I'm not going to really understand what God is saying about anything. Because that's not God. If you have to start understanding the original Greek and the original Hebrew and have all of these PhDs behind your name in order to grow in the things of God, well then you're missing it because that's not God. God has made His Word simple for us. Um, and this, you know, Because that's who He brings into His kingdom. He brings us who are, we're no great people out there in the world. You know, he, Paul said, look among yourselves. He said, there's not a lot of you guys that are um, great people in the world. Because God has chosen the foolish, foolish things of the world, the, the, the despised things of the world, to confound the wise. And so we must never get to the point, well, you know, I need to have in, you know, great revelation and all that kind of stuff. Because we need to keep it simple. And uh, that's exactly what the gospel is. It's a very simple uh, book to understand. But it's a spiritual book. That's the difference. It's a spiritual book. Um, and that's where the book gets closed to any outsider. The outsiders don't get to see it because it's spiritually understood. Anyway, so we want to um, expound on this fact that our spirits are born of the Word of God and need to grow. And so we want to know how to get these spirits to grow because it's very important that our spirits do grow and become strong. Because we've seen up to now all of the benefits of being spiritual and mature and able to produce much fruit. So we want to get there. We want to move from being a spiritual babe uh, to becoming spiritually mature. We want to move from being a, a carnal Christian, a baby in Christ, to becoming a mature Christian, um, a spiritual believer. That's where we want to go. So how do we get from point A to point B? Well, let's have a look at what the, the Bible teaches us. Luke chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, our Lord, He said it. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so, Lord just put it out there very plainly, that man shall not live by bread alone. Now, he's obviously talking to Satan. This is the, the temptation he's going through in the wilderness. Um, this is the first temptation that Satan brings to him. Our Lord has fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, not eaten. Obviously, in the natural, our Lord is hungry. And so Satan comes. He says, hey, if you're the Son of God, there's a stone, make it bread. Now, as the Son of God, quite possible Jesus could have done that uh, without any problem. But uh, Jesus said, it is written, um, man shall not live by bread alone. So what Jesus does is he tells Satan... I'm not here as the Son of God, because Satan is trying to get him to move into the realm of being God. He says, if you are the Son of God. Now, the reason that Satan says that is because he's just heard God speaking from heaven and saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I will please. So now Satan puts two and two together, and he comes up, well, that's the Son of God. So now he comes to tempt uh, Jesus, who is the Son of God, by the way, but on the earth he's the Son of Man. 
So he comes to tempt uh, our Lord, and he says, if you're the Son of God, because I just heard you, uh, God say that you are, you know, command the stone to become bread. Now, Jesus could have done that. But our Lord says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And so Jesus straight away says, Satan, you got, it, you got it wrong. I'm here as a man. I'm not here as the Son of God. And so as a man, God takes care of my uh, needs, and he supplies all of my need. Satan doesn't get the, the concept, obviously, because the very next temptation he goes on, if you're the Son of God. Um, but nevertheless, the, the truth that our Lord brings out to us here is a very uh, basic truth, and it, it's, it is very profound at the same time. In that he's saying that we man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now our Lord is obviously quoting Old Testament writing when he does that. But that is a, a biblical principle that God has put in place. And so these physical bodies that we dwell in need physical nourishment. We don't feed the body, the body will weaken and eventually die. It, uh, these bodies cannot survive unless they partake of physical nourishment. Now, the Lord just puts that into the Spirit as well. And He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, we are, it's not our, our physical bodies that require the Word of God as nourishment. Our physical bodies need hamburgers and things like that. But um, uh, He's talking about the Spirit of man. For the Spirit of man also requires nourishment. And the nourishment that the Spirit of man feeds on is the Word of God. That is the food that our spirits need to be fed with in order for them to just survive. Now we're talking, we want to go from baby Christian to mature Christian. And in order to get there, we have to grow spiritually. That's the, the path we have to take. And so we obviously want to feed our spirits so that they can grow spiritually. And the food that our spirits partake of is the Word of God. And it's very important that we realize that truth. It's a very uh, a basic truth, as I, I said to you at the outset of this teaching. There's no great revelation coming through here. This is just basic stuff. But it's stuff that gets kind of ignored because it is so basic. You know, oh, well, yeah, that's just so basic. Why do I need to know that? Well, <laughs> it's basic to feed your body. Uh, you know, you don't have to go to university to understand that when you when you wake up in the morning and your stomach's rumbling, you need to go to the fridge and, and, and get something together to eat and, and you know, get that stomach to stop rumbling. And that's, everybody knows that. So, you know, as I say, you don't need a doctorate to get that knowledge right. In the spirit, it works exactly the same way. We need to be feeding our spirits. And we need to be feeding our spirits regularly. It's very important. The next scripture we want to look at is in 1 Peter 1.23. We've looked at this particular scripture again before, but um, it's the Word of God. Nevertheless, scripture says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so the Word of God is in fact the DNA of our spirits. Our spirits are born of the Word of God. And so that is the the nourishment that I, that feeds my spirit. My spirit doesn't get fed on anything else except the Word of God. It needs to partake of the Word of God. Because uh, I, I use the word DNA just to try and bring the, the analogy in so we can more understand the makeup of the spirit of man. 
And so the spirit of man is made of the word of God and it needs to partake of the word of God. And we need to be feeding our spirits on a regular basis. For if we do not feed our spirits on a regular basis, our spirits weaken. Um, again, let's just go into the natural again. In the natural, we feed our bodies how often? Daily. You know? I'm, I'm talking normally now. I'm not talking about people that take time out too fast. I'm not talking about people who are um, starving because they have no access to food. I'm talking about normal course of life. In the normal course of life, everybody eats every day. And on average, most people eat three meals a day. Now, and that they do just to sustain their body so that they can partake of a, a normal lifestyle. And so, if in the natural, we withhold food from our bodies for one day, you find by the end of the day, you're starting to physically feel weak, especially if you lead an active lifestyle. Now, the reason for that is, is because as you're moving around and doing stuff during the course of the day, your body is expending energy and it is drawing on the reserves inside your body in order to expend that energy. Now, if there are no reserves there, well, then there's going to be a problem because it weakens then the body. And so by the end of the day, if you've not been partaking of uh, physical nourishment, you are physically weak by the end of the day. And the longer you abstain from food, you become that much weaker progressively. That's the way it works in the natural. Now, in the spirit, it is no different at all. Our spirits need to be partaking of the Word of God daily. Remember when our Lord taught us to pray? He said, in this manner, pray. And one of the aspects he told us to pray for was, uh, Father, give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Now, you can interpret that to mean that God must now supply our daily physical needs, and it can have that application. But by and large, what our Lord is talking about there is our spiritual needs. Father, give us this day our daily bread. He is the, daily, the bread of heaven. Jesus said, I am the, bread, the true bread from heaven. And so we need to partake of him. What is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word uh, was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God. One of the names he has in the book of Revelations are written on his thigh, the word of God. And so Jesus is the word of God. We partake of him. He is the true bread from heaven. And so we need to be partaking of the word of God at least daily. For if we do not, we do so at our peril because we're still living all the time. And so, again, go back into the natural now. If you do not eat that whole day, that whole day you're active and you're expending energy. Now, if there's no resources to draw from because you're not replacing the energy that you're expending, then your body becomes weaker. Now, in the spirit realm, it works exactly in the same manner because as we negotiate life, we are expending spiritual energy um, in, you know, the way that, in, in, in walking in love and in, 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 the, in spiritual discernment, all of the aspects of life, spiritual. Um, our spirits are expending spiritual energy, for, for want of a better word. Now, if we're not 
replenishing that uh, energy that we're expending, then the nat then what's going to take place is our spirit is going to become weaker and weaker and become less and less effective in our lives. Because just as the physical body, you, you, you uh, um, withdraw physical nourishment from that body for a couple of days, difficult for that person to get up there and to go out and do normal stuff again because the body just doesn't have the energy anymore to do it. It's weakened. And that's exactly the case in the spirit. If the spirit is weakened, then it cannot react in love as it should. Um, now, it still is love. But, it, it, you know, there's just such a, a weak response that comes out of that spirit because the spirit is spiritually weak. And so it is so important for us to feed our spirits as we feed our bodies, at least daily. And as I say, we feed our bodies three times a day. Uh, we should be feeding our bodies at least daily. And obviously there's the mixed diet as well. Because again, in the natural, um, if we just drink milk all the time, we're never going to grow strong physically. And so we do need to partake of solid foods. In the spirit, it's the same thing. We cannot, we'll never grow strong spiritually just partaking of the milk of God's word. We do need to also be partaking of the solid food of God's word. Now understand, as a spiritual babe, you can't do that. But as we grow in the things of the Lord, we do need to start changing our diet and start taking upon ourselves the, the um, solid food of God's word. Because <clears throat> even though we might feed our spirits every day on the milk of God's word, that will not do the job. That will not get us from point A to point B. Point A being spiritual babe to point B being spiritually mature. Um, we do need to be partaking of um, solid food, the solid food of God's Word. So how do we go about doing that? Well, one of the ways that the Lord has made, in fact, it is the primary way that the Lord has made available to His church to partake of the solid food of His Word is through the ministry gifts. God has set in the church certain ministry gifts and, and their job, their, their function, their ministry, their calling, uh, the gift into the body is to feed the body of Christ with His Word. That's their primary function. Every ministry gift, there are five main ministry gifts listed in the book of Ephesians. Uh, there are other ministry gifts listed in the book of uh, Romans um, chapter 12. The, the, the both gifts are going, well, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, the five are the five main ones are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Now, each one of those ministry gifts, their main function is to um, minister the word of God to the body of Christ. That's their main function. Now, they do have other giftings available to them, um, and they operate in those giftings. But their primary function is to feed the body of Christ, is to build her up. Now, they do that through the preaching of the Word of God, through the teaching of the Word of God. That's their job. That's, and so they're a resource given to the church whereby she can partake of the milk of God's Word and also the solid food of God's Word. And so let's have a look at a couple of scriptures along that line, which is in John chapter 21, beginning well, verse 17. Our Lord speaking to the apostle Peter, and he said to him, uh, and he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
And so the ministry gifts are given to the body of Christ to feed his sheep. That is their primary function. That's what they're called to do. And do you recall that uh, Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, he said, guys, I fed you with milk. I want to feed you with solid food. You can't take it just yet. But nevertheless, it was the ministry gift of the apostle Paul that was feeding the church in Corinth. And that is um, where the church is able to receive solid food from, is through the ministry gifts. And so it's very important for believers to expose themselves to the ministry gifts. You cannot, as a Christian, go and read your Bible on your own and go and live on your own and grow mature as a believer. That's not going to happen. Um, now, ministry gifts can do that. Think about Paul. Paul goes off into Arabia and he comes out spiritually strong. Who Im Im impacted on his life? No one, just the Holy Spirit. Um, because he said, guys, the, the, the gospel I preach, I didn't get, I, no one taught me this gospel. I didn't get it from man. I got it directly from the Lord. And so Paul becomes a spiritual giant. Well, kind of, but he becomes spiritually, becomes spiritually strong on his own, receiving input by the Holy Spirit. Now that's, 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 what, that's, what the spiritual, that's what the ministry gifts do. They spend time before God. God imparts to them that which He wants them to teach His church. And so you, it's one of the problems we have in, in, in the church as, as well, is that you have a lot of spiritual babes teaching other spiritual babes because the ministry gifts, a lot of them, don't really grow mature in the Lord. They still, you know, they can only teach the mark of God's Word because that's all they know. Um, because they don't, they don't do what Paul did, go off into Arabia. And I'm saying that all the ministry gifts need to go into Arabia. What I'm trying to put across here is the ministry gifts need to be of themselves spending time before the Lord and receiving revelation knowledge from Him so that they in turn can impart that to the church. Um, Paul, in writing to Timothy, says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that, so that is what the ministry gift is called to do, is to spend time before the Lord studying His Word, and the Holy Spirit makes that Word available to Him, and then that ministry gift can impart that to the church. Now, the church doesn't have that kind of time available to her. She's got to get out there, and she's got to go do her normal secular work during the course of the day. So <clears throat> she can't spend hours and hours and hours uh, studying the Word of God like the ministry gift can because that's their job, that's what they call to do. That's why they get to forego secular work because they need to be doing the spiritual work. And so God feeds them, they become mature, they in turn feed the sheep. So that's the, the progression of, of how the Lord feeds His saints with the Word of God, the, the solid food of God's Word. Um, so it's also very important we understand that, and it's also very important that Christians um, make themselves available to ministry gifts and also you know to to a variety of ministry gifts because they are under the old covenant they only had the prophet who, who shared the word of god the priest used to minister in the, in the temple the king used to rule over the over the nation those were the only three that were anointed by the holy spirit and so there was really only one ministry gift under the old covenant the prophet under the new covenant god has made the five in the book of ephesians that i've mentioned and there are some other uh, ministry gifts mentioned in the book of Romans as well. We won't touch on that. But each one of those ministry gifts 
have a different anointing upon them and have received different revelation knowledge from the Lord and are thus able to impart different um, what's the word I'm looking for different uh, a variety of food to the body of Christ and so for a, 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 a child of God in, in, the, in, the, in the church to expose himself to one ministry gift only is you know kind of missing out because there are other ministry gifts that can speak into your life and, and God uses those now obviously like the, the, the gift of the evangelist his primary uh, message that he will preach will always be salvation because that's his message and he ministers mainly to those who are unsaved that's his calling he brings them into the body of Christ um, but I don't want to get into any kind of depth along that line but as believers we definitely do need to expose ourselves to the Lord's ministry gifts and we need to be discerning about that as well because there are ministry gifts out there who do not do what uh, Paul counseled Timothy to do. Remember, he counseled, he said, Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so there's a lot of ministry gifts out there who do not study the word of God. And what they expound and what they teach is not really rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we have to be um, discerning as to which ministry gifts we expose ourselves to. But they are very good ministry gifts in the church today and one of the wins of the that the church has available today um, is that there is just so much that she has a, has access to think about the church in Paul's day when the outset started I mean if you wanted to hear Paul preach you know you you had to be in the town where he was in in order to hear him preach but today, if you want to hear Paul preach, or obviously we can't hear Paul preach, but you want to hear a particular ministry gift, you know, there's the, the internet and there's uh, books and there's, there's just so much available to the church. There's so much light available to the church. Anyway, so one of the ways that the, the church, the, the Christian, goes from point A to point B, point A being the reference of baby Christian to mature believer, is that they have to partake of the food of God, the word of God. As, as spiritual food that has to be done at least daily cannot be done less than daily if you're doing it less than daily you're missing it you're never going to grow strong spiritually um, and also just not one little snack a day you know you really need to be uh, partaking of you need to be giving quality time and we dealt with that in the previous teaching with the measure you use it will be measured to you so you need to be every single day partaking of the word of God and then one of the other things we need to be doing is we need to be exposing ourselves to the Lord's ministry gifts because he's placed them in the church for that very purpose, to cause the church to grow strong. It was Paul that was going to feed the church. It was Peter that was admonished of the Lord to feed his lambs. And so the ministry gifts are given by the Lord to feed the sheep. And so, so it's so vital for us to expose ourselves to the Lord's ministry gifts. And as I say, be discerning as to which ministry gifts you expose yourself to because there are some uh, weird teachers out there as well. And so it brings me to the next point that I want to uh, talk about today, um, which is spiritual understanding. Um, now, we, you know, in a series of teaching, 
we've identified there's an outward man, there's an inward man. Um, the outward man is our physical bodies, including the organ of the brain. The inward man, we said there's four parts, spirit, soul, um, will and conscience. Okay? And we, we, in this series, we're splitting it up. We're, we're basically doing a dissection like, you know, of, of a, in, in the anatomy of man. And so we're splitting it up so that we can identify, identify the various parts of man and what each part, what, what role each part plays, okay? But it all has to come together and it all has to, because we're still one man. You know, although I have all these different parts in me, I'm the, the whole man. God has, didn't create my head to go off in one direction, my body in another. The whole man sticks together and operates together. So it all comes together. So but in this series, we're concentrating on what the spirit of man does. But in, in this point that I want to bring across now, spiritual understanding, it is very closely linked with the mind of man. Um, because we'll see as we go through this aspect of the teaching that the two are, you know, um, you cannot separate the two if you want to get this thing to work. Um, and remember we said that although the, the Word of God is able to separate the soul and the, and the spirit, and the soul being the mind of man, um, God never created them to be separated. He's always created them to function together. But they can be separated because they, are two sep they have two different roles to play. But they have to work together. And so we're dealing with the spirit of man um, and spiritual understanding now. I want to get our minds around spiritual understanding because it's a very important concept for us to understand. If we're going to go from point A to point B, stay with me, point A being baby Christian, point B being mature believer. Um, and so we know that we are spirit, primarily we're a tripod being. We're a spirit, we have a soul, we live inside this body. And uh, the scripture we want to have a look at is in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. The scripture says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my, uh, your mind, our mind. Now, don't forget, we want to grow spiritually. And that's like a transformation that takes place from baby Christian to mature believer, baby to mature, transformation. Um, so he said, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We touched on the scripture when we dealt with the will of man, but it's all interrelated. And so these bodies don't change. These bodies will become immortal one day. Our spirits do change, but our spirits need to grow. Our minds need to be renewed. And we're going to touch on that when we do the series on the mind of man in more depth. But the point that I wanted to get across here is that our minds being renewed has an impact on my spiritual growth. The two are linked up, and we'll see it in more clarity as we go through the scripture. And so the next scripture I want to look at is in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 and 2. And again, this is now Paul speaking. We've spoke, we've dealt with this already, but let's just bring it out again. And I, brethren, talking to the church at Corinth, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. And so, the, the, remember we said, Paul was really saying to the guys, you should be at a point where I can start feeding you with solid food, but there's some blockage here. I can't do that, because you're not able to receive 
what I want to share with you, the solid food. I can only feed you with milk. And so the blockage that Paul was talking about was in the area of their minds. Their minds had not yet been renewed. So if Paul was to share, because I mean, Paul could have got up there and started preaching the solid food of God's word. But it wouldn't have benefited the church at Corinth to hear that. Why is that? Because they just would not have been able to grasp what he was saying. Because their spiritual understanding was not at a level that could perceive that this truth that he was, he was sharing with them so that they could partake of that. And that's a concept we need to understand. Is that our, our, because don't forget, no, we're wanting our spirits to grow. But how do our spirits grow? Where, where does the spirit get its nourishment from? We said it's from the Word of God, that's correct. But how does the Word of God get from the page in my Bible into my spirit? Because that's really how we get it. Think about, okay, let's go to the natural again. Um, somebody, I go to a restaurant and they give me a, a, a T-bone steak. I have to get that, I can look at that steak for the rest of my life and it will not, I'll still die of hunger. I've got the food in front of me. I've got to get the food from my plate into my stomach. Because only once it's in my stomach, can my stomach then absorb it and um, partake of the nu nutrients in that steak. All right? So the way it's got to get there, it's got to go through my mouth to get down to my stomach. It doesn't go directly from my plate to my stomach. So I don't put my stomach on the table and say, all right, stomach, you eat. I'm going to carry on having a conversation in the meantime. It doesn't work that way. It's got to go through the mouth down into the stomach. So there's, a, there's a, a channel that it follows. Okay, so the Word of God is my Bible. Now I'm going to get that written Word of God down into my spirit. So how do I get it there? It has to pass through my mind. My mind is like my mouth in this situation. And so with my mind, I read the Word of God and I understand it. And then it drops down into my spirit, and my spirit can now absorb it and begin to grow. So it's kind of a crude analogy, but that's really the way it, it kind of works. And so the Word of God doesn't bypass my mind to get into my spirit. Now this is a very important truth for us to understand. That our spirit can only be fed then with what my mind understands. Because if my mind doesn't understand it, it's not going to go down. Let's go back to Paul again, talking to the church of God. Let's read the scriptures again. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. And so the blockage was in the realm of their mind. Because they were not able to receive it, their spirits couldn't get it. Because that was the blockage. It couldn't get from the, the Paul's preaching down into their spirits because their minds would reject it, because their minds wouldn't understand it. That's where the blockage comes in with most Christians. That's why they call carnal Christians, because they're still thinking carnally. And they're not thinking spiritually. And because they're thinking carnally, what gets spoken to them it doesn't register. They don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, no matter how much Paul could have spoken to them, their spirits would not have been benefited by that word spoken. 
because their minds couldn't absorb it. And so it's a, it's a, it, it's a, a very plain truth, but one we just need to get our minds around. <laughs> our minds around so that we can understand. And so you need to understand this, and it's a, a spiritual principle. Our spirits are fed with that which our minds understand. Get that into your thinking because that's a very simple spiritual truth, but it's a very profound one. Your spirit will be fed with that which your mind understands. And so if your mind doesn't understand it, your spirit's not going to get it. Because the Word of God has to pass through our minds to get dropped down into our spirits. If there's a blockage in our mind because our minds do not understand it, our spirits aren't going to get it. Let's go look at salvation. Salvation, the Bible teaches us that the, blind, the, the eyes of the unbelievers are blinded. And you talk about the minds of the unbelievers are blinded. Now what happens is that when the gospel is preached to someone and they, they hear it for the first time, they might have heard it before, but they hear it for the first time and they understand it. That is when they can make a, make a decision to be saved. So, you know, the gospel is preached. The unbeliever hears it. God gives them spiritual understanding of, of that, that particular word. Only the, the gospel of salvation. They don't understand the full ramifications, all that come, not at all. They just, there's something about this word that's been preached that makes sense to me. I need that. Okay, so they, for the first time they have understanding. Now that because they have understanding, what can they do? As an act of their will, they decide, I'm going to accept it. When they do, the spirits are born again. And so the spirit is not uh, impacted until such a time as they obviously make that decision. But the first thing that takes place is they have to have understanding of that word. Only when they understand the gospel for the first time and they react to it, is their spirit born again. And so... The spirit can only benefit from that which the mind understands. That's where the blockage takes place. Um, we have to, we absorb the word of God through our minds and that goes down into our spirits. Um, yeah, it's a difficult, maybe not difficult truth to, to, to explain. I, I thought I'd explain it reasonably well. Let's have a look at a, a, another scripture and just highlights. Again, we, we need to understand that Unless God, and we've dealt with this, I think, in the, the, the Will of Man series, unless God opens his word to our understanding, it's a closed book to us. Um, no one can understand the word of God unless God gives them understanding of his word. It's a spiritual book, and God decides on the, our progress we're going to make. Remember, Paul said, you guys should be where you are. Um, you should be where, a point where I can feed you with solitary, but you're not there. So... It wasn't Paul that was blocking it um, because he wanted to feed them solid food, but he recognized he couldn't. And we said it's God who gives the increase. So God was obviously not giving increase in the church at Corinth. Now the reason that the church at Corinth were getting no increase from God was because they were not applying that which he'd already given them. And so God, you know, God doesn't waste resources. And so he doesn't cast pearls before swine. I don't talk saying the word swine, but I'm just saying the principle. God does not waste resources. So he doesn't impart spiritual truths to his saints who are not walking in the light of that which he has already revealed to them. And so if we choose, because God gives us revelation of his word, and so now he expects us to be doers of his word and not hearers only. 
And so the, the, those Christians, they just, they don't do anything. They keep hearing, that's great, and, but they don't apply that to their lives. Well, God then eventually says, okay, well, that's it. Now I'm, going, I'm closing off the, 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 uh, the revelation tap for argument's sake. You're not going to get any more revelation. Why, Lord? Because you're not applying what I've already given you. Now, they'll keep be able, they'll be able to understand what the Lord's already given them. He doesn't take, well, they, they can get taken away as well, but we're not going down that road. So they keep understanding that revelation that they had. But until they begin to apply that in their lives, they're not going to get any, anything more. Because God's not going to waste his resources. He's not going to give it to you if he knows you're not going to do anything with it. So he says, go and first do what I told you, what I've already shown you in my word, and then I'll give you more revelation. So that's where the blockage in the church at Corinth was coming out from. They were not put into, into practice that which Paul had already taught them. And because they weren't doing it, God says, okay, well, that's it. No more revelation until they start applying what they've learned. So kind of a, a paraphrased version, but that's exactly what happened. Anyway, so I want to look at the scripture, which is in Luke chapter 24, verses 32 to 45. Scripture says, And they said to one another, now this is the context is the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and uh, they're talking. Um, and our Lord joins them. Now he, he's risen from the dead, and but they don't, God can do this, they don't recognize him. Um, they just see him as, as another man who's just, uh, you know, God blocks their um, spiritual, uh, they, they, they just don't recognize the Lord. And he now walks with them on the road to Emmaus. While they're walking, he is now teaching them through the scriptures. He's showing them all about how Jesus had to die, how he had to suffer, and how he had to be raised from the dead. And they are hearing this. And now at the, at the supper, they, they ask, you know, please stay with us. He, he joins up for supper, he breaks bread. When he does, the eyes are open, they see him, they recognize him, and then he disappears. And so this is where they, they're picking up the, 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 what has transpired. And they said to one another, so our Lord just has now disappeared. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Remember, unless God opens his word to us, it's a closed book. Even the children of God, unless God gives us understanding of his word, doesn't happen. We don't get understanding of his word. And here they, they, they acknowledged. When he, the Lord opened their understanding to his scriptures, when he opened this, the scriptures to them, it doesn't say understanding here, but he says, when he but while he opened the scriptures to us, let's look at verse 45, because now that drops down to the, off, the evening. And you'll, uh, we tie the two together. Verse 45 says, And he, the Lord, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. So that's what the Lord had done to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He had opened their understanding to the Scriptures. Because that's exactly what he did that evening when he appeared to the disciples. The Scripture said, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Now, Look at what happened to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. When our Lord opened their understanding to the scriptures, what happened? Their spirits began to burn on the inside of them. And so their spirits became affected with what they could understand of God's word. And so it is such a vital truth for us to realize that what we understand of God's word is what feeds our spirits, is what drops down into our spirits, causes them to burn actually, and gives them spiritual growth. 
And so our spirits will never grow beyond our understanding of God's word. That's why Romans 12.2 says, Be no longer conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We do need to renew our minds. Because it is only with that which I understand with my, my mind that my spirit gets fed. As long as my mind is... Uh, if my mind only understands the milk of God's word... That's all my spirit's ever going to receive, is the milk of God's word. I'll never grow strong spiritually only on the milk of the God's word. I need all of it. But in order for me to, my spirit to receive all of it, it's got to come through my mind, through my understanding. And that doesn't happen unless God gives me understanding of his word. And also um, I become a doer of his word, because that was the blockage in the church in Corinth. Because God had given him them his word, they had not applied it to their lives. They were still walking in strife, division, and envy. Um, and so God said, well, that's it. You know, no more revelation coming. So you guys will now have to live on the milk of my word until such a time you start putting it into practice. And then I'll start feeding you with solid food because you can't absorb it now. So that's as, as simple as it gets. But our spiritual growth is directly linked to... The renewing of our minds. So remember what we said. Although we are in this series dissecting, we're looking at the spirit and the and the soul differently, and the will, and it all ties back together. And so it's all linked together. And so if I'm going to grow strong in my spirit, my mind has to be renewed. My mind's not renewed. My spiritual growth is going to be stunted. Simple as that. Not going to change any other way. So how do I get my spiritual understanding? Um, because now that's really what I want to get to. I want to get to spiritual understanding. Let's have a look at the scripture. 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. The scripture says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with what? With the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so the first point of reference that we have to follow through in order to get because don't forget we still the, the our whole, whole aim here is to get from point A to point B babe to mature so I need my spirit to grow strong so I've identi identified I need to feed on the word of God I need to feed regularly on the word of God I need to expose myself to the ministry gifts those are things I need to be doing but I also have recognized that my spirit can only partake of that which my mind understands and so now I've got to get this mind sorted out as well. My mind's got to be renewed. But we've also identified that the, the Word of God is a closed book unless God gives the revelation. Otherwise, it doesn't come. End of story. I don't care who you are. You, if God says no, you're not going to get revelation. You can sit under Paul's ministry for the rest of your life and no revelation will come through. Because God, that's God. He says no, I'm not going to let you understand it. So we need God to give us, as he did to, the, to his disciples, spiritual understanding of his word. And that's what Paul prays for. He says, guys, I pray for you guys in Col the, the church in Col Colossae, that God will give you the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the very first step that we take is we go on our knees. And we say, Lord, I need spiritual understanding of your word. Now, don't be a hypocrite. Don't go on your knees if you're not putting into practice the milk of God's word. Because if you're not putting that into practice, you can pray as much as you like. God's not going to answer your prayer. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. 
So, you know, if you have been diligent to be do a doer of that which he has already shown you, then get on your knees and say, Lord, I need spiritual understanding of your word. That's what Paul prayed for the churches. And that's what we can pray for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters in Christ, by the way. And so that's what we do. We go to God and we say, Lord, I need you to give me understanding, spiritual understanding of your word. Now that's what he will do. He will not withhold from us if we are, as I say, applying what he's already revealed to us. Because he wants us to grow spiritually. He, you know, that's the whole purpose of us. We need to become like his son. So he's quite willing to then give us spiritual understanding of his word. But the point is, we have to ask him for it. So we ask him for spiritual understanding of his word. That's the first protocol. Well, actually, the first protocol is be doers of what you know already, okay? Because otherwise, as I say, you can pray until the cows come home, um, but you're not going to get anything from the Lord. So, yeah, play by the rules, man, and, and you'll, be, you'll get it right. Anyway, so the next scripture we can look at, because now we want to... It's all the process, because now don't forget, I'm wanting to get the Bible that I'm reading with my eyes, through my brain, into my spirit. That's, that's really where I want to go, because when I, once I do that, my spirit's going to grow, because God will now give the increase, because that's His Word feeding my spirit, and so God gives me the increase. So, how do, uh, how do I get it from the... I've now, I'm doing the Word that I know, God's given me revelation, milk of His Word, and I'm applying that in my life. So now I have every right to come to him and say, Lord, I need more revelation of your word. I need you to feed me with the solemn food. And God now will answer that. But now there's some stuff that I have to do. And let's have a look at what we have to do. Luke chapter 9, verse 44 and 45. The scripture says, Let these words sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand the same. And it was hidden from them, so that they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about the same. So here's our Lord. He's on the way to Jerusalem. He's going to go to the cross. And he says to the guys, he says, Let these words sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. He's trying to warn them. But they don't get it. Why is that? Because it's hidden from them. They can't understand it. As much as Jesus really wants to get them into in, to get them to understand it, they can't. It's hidden from him. So you know, um, you have to feel for the cross because you, know, you you must understand being a disciple of the Lord when He walked the earth must have been a blessing, but at times most the most confusing thing ever because the Lord would say stuff and you would think. What on earth is he saying? I haven't got a clue what he's saying. And the Bible says, and they were afraid to ask him about the saying. And so, you know, I'm with this guy. He's telling me stuff. I don't know what he's telling me. And I'm terrified to ask him, Lord, I don't know what you're saying. So we really need to sometimes think about it the way that they were being discipled by the Lord. But the Lord kind of gets... Same off. I think he would get frustrated with the guys from time to time as well. But anyway, he makes a, a very telling statement here. He says at the opening, he says, let these words sink down into your ears. So what does he mean by that? Because they can hear him with their natural ears. Not, uh, all of them had perfect hearing. They just had, didn't have any understanding. That's it. But they could hear. But now Lord says something different. He says, let these words sink down into your ears. 
So what is he talking about? He's talking about their spiritual ears. He wants his words to sink down into the inner man. That's where the Lord wants the word to go. Because he knows that if you get the word into the inner man, that's where the benefit's going to take place. And so he's just teaching us the spiritual truth. Our Lord knew that he, they couldn't understand his words. But he put this in here so he could share with his church this truth. Let these words sink down into your ears. So our Lord's trying to teach us, the church, because now we, things aren't hidden from us anymore. The well taken away in Christ. Uh, he's trying to teach us, guys, if you really want to grow spiritually, this is the way to go. You need to let his word sink down into your ears, the ears of your inner man. Um, and so, Lord, okay, I kind of understand that that's what you're implying. I need to let your words sink down into the ears of my inner man. How do I get there, Lord? What do I have to do in order for your ears to sink down into my spiritual ears? Because that's the truth that the Lord is trying to bring across to us here. How do I get there, Lord? All right, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 8. And Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22. The, the, these two Proverbs by the, you know, given to us by Solomon are exactly the same Proverbs. So he gives it to us twice. And, you know, out of about mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. When the, Lord, when the Holy Spirit puts in something twice, word for word, he's really trying to teach us something. So what's the proverb say? The proverb says, The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body talking about the inner man and so that's what our Lord's trying to get across to us as a church let these words his word sink down into our ears let these words go down into the inmost body which is our inner man so how do we do it well we look at what the world does because the world does this thing on a regular basis and the principle is what we're looking at. Is, it can be applied. What does the world do? The scripture says the words of a, of, of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. And so when in the world people hear gospel, because that's what a talebearer is, a gossiper, somebody who gossips. And so the world loves to listen to gossip. They want to hear, what, did you hear about this, about this person? Did you hear what the uh, president is doing now? Did you? And all the gossip. And the world loves it. And what they do is they, they it's, the Bible says, like tasty trifles. And because they, they enjoy hearing that, they, they dwell on it. it. It's something that they think about on a regular basis. They think about the, the latest gossip. Now, as they do that, those words drop down into the inmost being, which is the spirits of death, has the nature of the devil. And so that's the word that gets absorbed into their spirits. In the same manner as believers, the principle applies, but it, the, obviously the word is different. We take the word of God, and as unbelievers like to think about what the latest gossip is, so we think about what the word of God says. And as we do that, that word goes down into our inmost body. And so... What we think about is what's going to drop down into our, our spirits. Now, when I say what we think about, we have to give ourselves time for meditation in the Word of God. This is the point that I really wanted to bring across here in this point, is that we need to begin to learn how to meditate on the Word of God. 
Meditation on the Word of God is you going over it in your mind. And Lord, so your word says this. So what does that really mean? And you know, you're thinking about the word and look, thinking about the, what about that scripture? How does that scripture then tie up with this scripture? And you're, you're meditating upon the word of God. Now, as you do that, what happens is God gives you spiritual understanding of his word. And you say, oh, okay, that's what that means. Now, when, you, when the light goes on in the brain, and you've got understanding of that spiritual understanding of his word, that drops down into your spirit. And your spirit can now partake of that word and begin to spiritually grow. And that's the principle that our Lord Jesus applied to his life. You recall that when our Lord went, you must understand, the Lord lived a very frustrated life, I'm, I'm, I'm fully convinced. Uh, if I'm, I'm wrong, he'll tell me when I see him on, on, on that day when I go to him. Um, but I'm convinced that he was frustrated a, a lot of the time when he was on the earth. Because think about his life now. Okay, when he's growing up in, the, in his hometown of Nazareth, he gets there when he's, he's four years old. He, he's not. He, he grew up in Egypt. Don't forget. He was there for four years. He comes. So when he's a four-year-old toddler or child, he comes to Nazareth, and he is now in Nazareth until he becomes a, a mature adult, a man. And during all that time. No one even suspects that this is a prophet. Forget about being the son of God, okay? No one even suspects that this guy is really, if you want to know anything about the word of God, go to uh, Jesus. He knows the word. He can quote the Bible backwards. And so, yeah, the local rabbi in Nazareth, Jesus was called up on a regular basis to teach. He was the local youth pastor. And he became, you know, the associate pastor in the, in the synagogue. Not at all. The, the, the hometown of Nazareth were not exposed at all to Jesus being knowledgeable about the Word of God. Why do I say that? Because when he comes into the hometown to preach for the very first time, they get offended with him because they say, where did this I get this from? We've grown up with this like we he he never you know took them completely by surprise. They, they were offended. They wanted they actually tried to kill him. Uh, Luke's gospel tells us that. So all through his growing up in Nazareth, he doesn't display any knowledge of his of the word of, of God his father. He never does that. They they have no they're completely taken by surprise when he eventually does preach in his hometown. Um, so the reason that they were come, he's a carpenter. That's what they know. They know Jesus is a, he's a good man. I mean, he lives an upright life. That they understand. But his knowledge of the word of God is never revealed to them in all the time that he's in Nazareth. And that's for years and years and years and years. But there's one account given to us in Scripture where the the knowledge that our Lord had of the Scriptures is revealed to us before he begins his public ministry. And that is the account when he's 12 years old. And we all know the account. He goes up to Jerusalem with uh, Joseph and Mary at the Feast of Passover, and he stays behind. For And they, the whole family goes back, and Joseph and Mary figure out, oh wait, Jesus isn't with us, they have to go back to Jerusalem looking for him. Now he's in the temple for three days, three nights. Now obviously he doesn't sleep there, he goes and sleeps probably on Mount of Olives, because he used to do that when he was a man anyway. So every day he's in that temple for those three days. And he is talking to 
the theological professors of his day. Because the temple was where everybody hung out that knew the word of God. That's where, if you wanted to become a rabbi, you went and trained in Jerusalem. Um, that's where Paul was tra Paul was training there at the time. I know Paul might not have been there. Yeah, it could have been. Anyway, forget about that. Um, so Jesus is there in, in Jerusalem. And that's where all the knowledgeable Jewish scribes and, the, as I say, the theological professors are there. That's where their hangout is. And he's talking to them. And he's asking them questions and he's making comments. And they are astounded with his understanding of the scriptures. They don't, they, their minds are blown away. How's this 12-year-old kid able to give us such insight in the Word of God? They just they, they can't get their mind around this. But that is the only time. Now, even when Joseph and Mary come, that's it. Jesus now clamps up again. He only reveals his knowledge to those guys in the temple that time. Because he knows he's never going to see them again, really. And so, that was the one time in Jesus' whole time of growing up where he could freely talk about the Word of God to the, the, the most knowledgeable people in the Jewish religion. And, and, and yeah, they were blown away with his knowledge of the Word of God. And he's 12 years old. Okay? So... But as I say, that's the only time he really got to open up until he had, to, he had to clamp up again for the rest of his time until our Lord called him to do his public ministry. So that's the kind of frustration our Lord must have gone through. But nevertheless, the Lord was not born into the earth with all of that knowledge. Remember we said our Lord had to grow. He was made in all points like as we are. So he had to grow physically. He had to grow spiritually. He also had to grow mentally. He had to grow in his knowledge of the Word of God. So how did our Lord get from baby to 12-year-old and blow away the minds of the theological professors of his day? He did it in this manner. Psalm 119, beginning at verse 97. And then we're going to close off on this because I've run out of time. Um, 197. If you go read Psalm 119, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. And he talks about his whole life. From the time he was born until the time he goes to the cross. It's such an enlightening song. And anyway, in this particular passage of scripture, the Lord just reveals to us how it is that he grew um, knowledgeable in the word of God. And obviously grew strong in spirit as a result. He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Not some of the day, all the day. You, my, through your commandments, Make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. And don't forget, Jesus went to uh, the, the local synagogue. He went to uh, whatever the uh, Jewish kids go through. They learned the Bible. Jesus went through all of that. Um, but he says, yeah, I have more understanding than all my teachers. And that would be every rabbi he was ever exposed to. And the reason that he had that understanding of the Word of God is because he did this. His, the, the Word of God was his meditation all day long. That's all our Lord Jesus ever thought about. He, nothing else. Nothing else interested him. There was nothing in this world. And one of the things that he says in Psalm 119, he says, keep my eyes from looking at worthless things. He, our Lord recognized this world, that everything here is worthless because... All of it's going to be burned up. So why do we get so hung up on it? But anyway, be it as it may. 
our Lord gave himself to meditation in the Word of God. And because he meditated on the Word of God, that Word was able to drop down into scripts. I alluded to this point, let me just close with this point, is that um, we solid food dropping down into our spirits, spiritually, we have to go through the mind. Now, in the, in the natural, we said the, the steak on the plate has to be transferred into the stomach. In order for it to get there, it goes through the mouth. What does the mouth do? The mouth chews the food, breaks it up into um, pieces that can be swallowed. And then it drops down into the stomach and then it is further broken down and absorbed into, into the natural body. It's a crude analogy, but it works. The mind acts like the mouth. We take God's word and in our minds, through meditation, through thinking about the word of God, we are chewing on the word of God. And as we do, we're breaking it down with that word is becoming manageable for us to digest it. And that word that we, that when the understanding kicks in, that word drops down into our spirits and our spirits grow stronger. And so we'll never grow strong spiritually unless we give ourselves to meditation in the Word of God. For meditating on the Word of God produces understanding of the Word of God. Now I understand God gives us the understanding, but He expects us to give us you know, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so if our Lord Jesus meditated upon the Word of God all the time, and you go carry on looking in the psalm, he talks about he wakes up at night and he, he, it's all he's thinking about. He is absolutely consumed with the Word of God. Um, and we need to be, we really do need to be in that same place. But nevertheless, that's the way we're going to grow spiritually. Because my spirit will only be fed with that which my mind understands. My mind will only understand that which the Lord reveals to me. The Lord will only reveal to me that which I'm prepared to meditate upon and, and pray about. And obviously meet the other requirement of being a doer of the word that he has already revealed to me. Otherwise, the Lord shuts it down. No more revelation comes through. And so I think that's a basic principle of how to get... Because we really, again, we want to get from point A to point B. Babe to maturity. And this is the path that we follow. Not rocket science stuff, but we need to be diligent in applying it. As we do, our spirits will grow strong. There are some other points we still need to touch on, and we're going to get uh, that in the next teaching, but we're going to close off the teaching on that point today. Amen.